Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. And my God, we've got a fun one tonight. I, I'm assuming that you saw the title when you clicked on the podcast. You know who I'm sitting here with. And you know that that means that there's probably some really fun news that's going to come out of this episode. But uh, if not, we'll, I mean, we'll go ahead and spoil We'll make it. something I'm, up. I'm sitting here with Carla <laughs> and Tom. Uh, uh, if it was six months ago, I would have said formerly of Hopperdips.com. Uh, as of uh, in a matter of weeks, we can say from Hopperdips.com. Uh, Eleven days as of recording this. Yeah, it's podcast world. Actually, there's a, there is I a high likelihood that. that with the holidays, yeah. when people are listening to this, it's already after the first. They were listening to it late because they were busy with all of their family Where stuff. Been? Where you been? <laughs> uh, this is exciting, guys. Um, this so this was... is going to be a retrospective <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> this you know, Hopperdives was if you know I assume that there's probably a lot of newer beer drinkers that are uh, uh, listening to the show for uh, one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of young folks coming into craft beer still, and may not even understand what the Cincinnati beer scene, what the craft beer scene was like when Hopperdive started. Uh, Let's uh, let's start at the very beginning. How long ago was it when Hopperdive started? Was it was it fifteen years? It was January first, two thousand nine. My goodness! That's why we decided to bring it back January first. When we started Hopperdives, there were four breweries and one <laughs> brew pub in town. Four, and one of them doesn't exist anymore. That was Barrel House. So. Yeah, Barrel House yeah. was one of them. And so yeah. we had Rock Bottom, Barrel House. Which Rock Bottom kind of doesn't exist anymore. I think there might be like two locations left. Well, I, let's not go into the whole history of Craftworks because that would be <laughs> here all night. That's true. Yeah. That's, true. That's another podcast. Um, It'd be a fun podcast. We counted, um, crap, I can't remember, the one up at. Tri County that we have in Florence. BJ's. Now. BJ's. BJ's. With BJ's, Barrel House, Rock Bottom, Florence. Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. Yeah. 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 Listerman. He started brewing around that time. Yeah, but they not. He had a license, a but later. Yeah. those those bottles of Wild Mild and the the Cream Ale that bottles little, only. It wasn't 2009. That was more 2000. 2010, I talked for a little. Yeah, a little bit later, that's one of the, since we're talking about Hopper, this is one of the things we want to work on is Steve Hampton and the Brewery District have done such a great job on the pre-prohibition history of Cincinnati. Right. We want to focus on the 1984 on history right. of Cincinnati. Um, and so that's one of the things we're looking to is, in fact, the we have a list. We have a Apple Notes list of ideas for the new operatives, and one of them is we want to sit down with Mike and Kathleen Dewey and talk about their the holdover from yeah. the mid '90s, you know, and on, and how that works, um, and just trying to get all this together. We want to sit down with Kevin Listerman, which will be an adventure <laughs> into itself. Um, and just a lot of those people who are around in those days. Well, there's so uh, there was a place um, in what the, the late '80s, the in um, Forest Fair Mall, the uh, yes. Wallaby Bob's. 
Yes. He's, he's still around, too, the guy that was brewing there. Yep. He's, he's over at, uh, yep. what is it, Woodstone Creek over in St. Bernard. Yep. Like, there's still people around that were in the middle of a Jim Stralow out at uh, Little Miami. Yep. You know, like, there's... This is the one that blows my mind. So, we're big Disney fans, and my best friend is also a big Disney fan, and so we go down a lot. And we're sitting at Tiffin's, which is this really nice restaurant in the Animal Kingdom, and we're, we have a cheese board in front of us, and I'm like... We had a caraway gouda, and I'm like, my friend said, oh, I don't think you can get this anywhere. I'm like, oh, I can get this at Jungle Gyms. And our server comes up and goes, Jungle Gyms in Fairfield? I went, wait a minute, how do you know Jungle Gyms? <laughs> Turned out he, used, he and his wife, who were both servers there, used to be servers at the old um, brew pub that was in, uh, not Fort Thomas, I'm Fort Mitchell. Uh, Oldenburg. Um, yeah, Oldenburg. Oldenburg, yeah. yeah. New Beer Dave, new everything. I'm like, I'm in freaking Walt Disney World, <laughs> and Cincinnati beer is everywhere. So, yeah, it's it's amazing how all those fingers uh, stretch out. But what it looked like when you guys started there, like you said, there were not many breweries, but there also wasn't a lot of, like, you, you didn't walk into your average restaurant and grab a craft beer. No, no, uh, That didn't not exist. And so there was this whole other side of operatives of kind of spreading this word of, of better beer, of this, mm-hmm. this, this, this thing that people uh, either knew about and were absolutely in love with or had no idea it was even happening. Or were scared to death of. And yeah. even to this day, we still get, I mean, it's one of the most... It's personally annoying, not that I want people to not talk to me, but it's like people are always apologizing for, oh, this is, I don't really, you know, like this or like that. And I don't, uh, you know, nobody ever should have to apologize. But a lot of it, there was was a real intimidation factor early on. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of what we were about was trying to sit there and say is, I mean, because I would say none, I mean, I know neither one of us started out in craft beer because when I started drinking beer, there really wasn't, I mean. It's going to be a fun show to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it actually, uh, hopefully when people are listening right now, they have no idea what we're talking about, but man, it's loud in here tonight. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is really loud. Here, it's the it? holidays. That are yeah, very, yeah, you get it. Yeah, but the you know, people had no idea what this stuff was, mm-hmm. or you know, they might have heard a Pete's Wicked Ale back in the day. Right, yeah. They might have heard, you know, but it was it was at an interesting time because the first wave was actually even starting to die out, mm-hmm. and the second wave was starting, and. Because of, you know, that old Mark Twain line about how, you know, everything happens 20 years later in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, we had a first wave here. I mean, there are some, you know, le- there were, we had some legit breweries. Uh, you know, back from Brothers, the Barrel Watson House, Brothers. Main Street. Yeah. Yep. And, but they, they tried. They were probably ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. And... Then we started having, you know, there was this one amazing six-month period that we had Blank Slate, Rheingeist, and Mad Tree all open. Yeah. I think that was a three-month period. Yeah, it was fast. <laughs> it all was I remember incredible. was it was just like, it seemed like we were everywhere. 
And that was really the first time it got difficult to do This Week in Beer. It sure. got to be difficult to keep up with what was going on. Because up, up to that it, point, it yeah. was pretty simple. I, I seem to remember 2011 January, and I even remember talking to Greg Wilson, who's now at Rheingeist, about, holy cow, we had 11 events in a January uh, and a lot of them were hop slam tapping, but still, and it was like that was unheard of, right? Back yeah. then, well, I was I was talking to somebody about that era of of beer here in the city, where if there was a new beer going on tap, you went and you tried it. Oh yeah, and like every time there was a new beer, you went there to try. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, for we, all of them, <laughs> and, like and you possible. saw the same people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got to know a lot of people during those times, and, it, and it's really nice. It's people we still know now. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, and, and that's one of the things that it's going to be kind of interesting, you know, starting this back up again, is seeing how that's changed. I mean, there, I mean, at the time we started Hoppers, we'd been to every operating brewery in Cincinnati. Right. I, I cannot say that now. Not, well, not even some close. have opened and closed before we got there. Yeah, that's true. It, how does it change kind of how you guys vision envision the site being and, and its place? Well, within... one thing is we're changing our tagline. We used to be um, believers in better beer in Cincinnati and beyond. And now we're going to believers in better beer and beverages. And in fact, we're getting ready to have our first staff writers meeting um, the week in between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm really happy to announce we have Julie Neeson from Wine Be Dine awesome. going to be writing for us. Um, Michelle Lentz, who was with my, my wine education, Wine Girl, she's going to be covering wine for us. Um, Monica Royal Fisher, who was with uh, Red Cat Blonde. Um, she's going to be our vodka expert because somebody offered us vodka to sample. And I'm like, Tom and I don't like vodka. And Monica, bless her heart, she's like, I like vodka. I'm like, great, it's yours. Um, and just trying to open up and just cover more things because here's something I'll reveal. I was diagnosed as diabetic in February. I'd been pre-diabetic for years. And unfortunately, the beer I love has a lot of carbs in it. So I've been drinking a lot of low-carb, low-alcohol wine. Right. And so I want to talk about that. Um, Julie is already going to be talking about uh, alcohol-free options that are out there for people who want to do a dry January. Um, and just trying to look at more. We're trying to do, if you can drink it, we're going to cover it. Right. So if somebody wants to do craft soda, more power to you. I love it. So you know, That's a big part of... Um, as, as I've tried to kind of evolve what the gnarly gnome is or what the podcast that I do is, as, as I've tried to kind of figure all of that out as mm-hmm. this world does keep changing. I mean, we all, oh, yeah. we all got smacked over the head with seltzer and kind of, uh, uh, it was the rude awakening that guess what? There's a lot of people out there that want to drink something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that they really wanted to drink seltzer, but <laughs> there are some good seltzers out there. I said, we judge them for the U S open. There was a grapefruit rosemary one that was amazing. amazing and i would not have ever thought of those two words in the same sentence really other than if someone named right. rosemary was holding a grapefruit <laughs> uh, well march 1st had a birch beer seltzer oh my gosh oh, yeah. and it was wonderful 
wonderful. They, they so did, wonderful. They did this really weird small batch version of like three, I think, hard sodas. So even mm. more sugar than what their, their right. seltzers have. They were amazing. Like, yeah. They were so good. And it was like a weird limited thing that they doesn't know. Like, man, you guys got to make more of these. These are actually like really, yeah. really, 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 really good. And it's just one of those things that's a little bit definitely beyond beer. It's a little, huh. it's a different category, but there is still also this confusion around it, kind of in that same way that when craft beer was started to kind of become a thing, mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of confusion about about what is it, how does it fit into all of this. I mean, if you walk up to the average person that's sitting at the bar with their seltzer and ask them what it is, they don't really know. No. Uh, half the time, I don't know, and I see it on tap. I look, I'm like, I don't actually know what that's made with. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know. It varies don't know greatly. That's the whole. Problem. So there's just still a lot of confusion around a lot of different products out there. That, yeah. um, I think the idea of people being able to kind of shed light on that is important. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's not. Seltzer's keeping a lot of breweries in business right now. Right. Yep. I mean, uh, they can afford to make that obscure stout uh, or, you know, they can try some one-off thing because they sell gallons and gallons and gallons of barrels and barrels and barrels of seltzer. Yeah. And there is absolutely nothing in the world wrong with that. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they don't like beer any less. It doesn't mean that they don't respect what they make. In fact, my guess is they probably respect the seltzer that they make. I mean, I, I don't know of any brewer out there who is into the seltzer who's like, oh, we're just going to make a crap seltzer. It, it doesn't I, happen. I've actually heard somebody say that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not well, surprised. Well, yeah. but they would probably also be willing to make a crap beer, too. Well, probably. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, that's one of the things, and that's a little bit of what we're also going to look at is uh, we may actually commit journalism every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> we're not really, when we started Hoperatives, one of the things specifically that we wanted to do was to help build the idea of a culture. I can remember we, there were a couple of guys, uh, actually, I believe they were in Hawaii, who... Uh, yeah, don't say their name. I, yeah, I'm not going to say the name because correct. it's... It, well, it's just rude <laughs> is what it was. No, I'm but, curious. Um, I will tell you off, off mic. But they... Um, but we, uh, we had said something about, yeah, we uh, you know, hailed from the you know, great beer town of Cincinnati, that is Cincinnati. And they're like, Cincinnati is a beer town. And we had people who argued with us that Columbus is a better beer town. We had people who argued with us that Cleveland was. Now, I'm not going to talk down about either one of those places because there are great breweries in both places. Right. And probably at the time, at the time somebody was making that comparison with Cleveland, I would say Cleveland probably was. I mean, any place that's got great lakes in it, it's yep. going to be pretty darn good. And you've got some of the other stuff that's up in that region. So Ohio as a, as a whole is, is is pretty strong. Yeah. But we always held our own. And people didn't recognize that. So that was a big part of what we were trying to do with Hoperatives was we were trying to let people know that, you know, you aren't alone. If you've if you've discovered this, however it is you mm -hmm. discovered this, you know, better beer, you're not alone. There's other people right. out there who like this too, and 
you don't have to know a bunch about it. You, you know, all we ever said was that you need to understand or at least be able to articulate why you like it. Even mm -hmm. if what you like is Bud Light, if you can say, well, this is why I like Bud Light. Or, and I've tried other things, but I just That's, come back to that, yeah, which we yeah. had a good friend at the time. Yeah. It's all she drank was Bud Light. And she tried other things and would talk about it and stuff before it was all over. We just made sure that whenever she came over, we had Bud Light in the fridge yeah. because right. that's what she liked. And who am I to sell somebody that you shouldn't like that? That's, that's wrong. Well, and that's why our tagline was always believers in better beer. Better beer is how you define it. And it's kind of like your favorite brewery is how you define it. Your favorite bar is how you define it. Um, I, I, a lot of people I notice, they'll talk about whatever their favorite place is, the place they go a lot. I'm like, and how far away is it from your home? Right. Because <laughs> right. that's the important thing. Um, and, yeah, it gets into just a lot of things. And I will say one thing coming from my experience at Cincinnati State is especially things like teaching the co-teaching the legal issues class, I learned so much that I can explain now, like, I know why bubbles went from being a cider to being an ale. Right. Uh, I, you know, there's legal issues that people don't understand, especially with us being a tri-state region. That means we have three different states we have to worry about the alcohol laws on. Well, and you hear a lot of people on the Indiana side of the greater Cincinnati region that get grumpy, like, oh, why can't I get this brewery? Why can't I get this brewery? And it's like, well, talk to your state about why you can't get <laughs> right. that brewery. Why do you pain. have a family dining room? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all crazy. And I, I just try to explain to people why that is. It's, well, here in Kentucky, why does the liquor store Kroger have to have a separate entrance? Because right. that's the law. Right. It, there's there are so many different little like little things within uh, beer and beverages that I think once you start to get nerdy about mm -hmm. all of it, you really start to get nerdy about all of it. Oh, you, yeah. you want to know different things. That's and it, I don't know if that's like a, a craft uh, product thing that like well, if if you enjoy craft products. You probably are going to get nerdy about it, or yeah. if it's a if it's a bigger cultural thing that's happening right now with, with mm -hmm. people actually being interested in, in where their things come from and why they come from there and who's yeah. making them. Like I, I don't know, I don't know where that origin is, but uh, but the, I see it. But there's kind of a flip side to it is that in a lot of ways, then it's like that level of knowledge or that level it, it it's not terribly accessible. Um, right. So what winds up happening is you get people who, when they don't know the answer to something, they just make it up, and then <laughs> they tell all their friends, right. and and so you, you get these kind of you get the, you get a lot of misinformation floating around, and there's a good reason for it. It's not like anybody's born knowing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just nobody ever sat down and said, "Oh, well, this is you know this is what this is," and. To kind of circle back around to the point that I was making is when we were starting Hoppers, we were trying to build a culture. Right now, I don't think we could kill it if we wanted to. So <laughs> it's not something that, and and for the record, we do not want to kill the beer culture in Cincinnati. Uh, I just want it on, on the record because we'll get accused of it otherwise. Uh, 
But on the other hand, we well, I don't really see this policy changing that much. Most of the we kind of had a no criticism policy back in the day. We wouldn't criticize somebody. We just wouldn't, wouldn't talk, talk about, about, about them. them. And that will still largely be true. But on the other hand, is if we're trying to make a point, and there is an example of it in town, and it requires naming a name, we'll probably name the name. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, well, not on the other hand, certainly not going to spring it on them. Don't want them to be surprised about it. They'll right. hear about it from us before they read about it. Uh, because I wouldn't want to say, hey, somebody's doing this thing and be, I don't know, completely wrong. Right. Um, so, again, that's where that's where that line about, you know, occasionally committing journalism it was, uh, it, could happen. But it's just this – it's become mature enough in town that we can handle it. Right. And, you know – I can't say that we have a lot of sacred cows and what sacred cows we have, maybe they well deserve to be sacred, but I'm not, and, and I, I don't have an example. So if right. you're sitting there thinking, oh, come well, on, give me an example of that. I don't have one, but I, if we I've run into one, one, okay. We'll never say something's best. Right. We can say our favorite or a, a one of the features we will be bringing back is here's what we're drinking now. Because that changes all the time. Right. I'm sure you get that all the time. What's your favorite beer? Well, you're talking today or tomorrow. Right. It changes all the time. And and we talked about this before. You know, it's your favorite brewery tap room may not be dependent on the beer. It may also depend on how close it is to your home. What's the vibe like? When I used to teach the beverage um, tourism tasting management class, we talked a lot about the atmosphere that different tap rooms had. And one of my favorite assignments is the students would have to describe a tap room well enough that the other students could figure out what they were talking about. Right. And it really told us a lot about the different ones. Some people want loud live music and really really you know happen and other people want chill and understanding that what's perfect for me is not perfect for you right it's it's hard because like i think when when craft beer was young here in cincinnati it was it was it was exciting for everybody it was easy to find something else to talk about when maybe there was something that uh maybe could have received a little negative criticism that, uh, yep. uh, and then on the flip side of that, I think when some other blogs or other, uh, online platforms or things were, it made it easy for people to, to have a voice, a loud voice. And then people realize pretty quickly whether they're conscious of it or not, that when you are negative about something, yep. it gets more attention than mm -hmm. if you're positive about something. Yeah. So we, we now live in this culture of people who like to talk about beer or like to talk about anything really. Yeah. That if, if you're the negative voice, 
you you get more attention. It's you know it's, it's same thing as a little kid. You know if you if you act up, your parents are still going to pay attention to you probably more than if you're being good. We have <laughs> a we have a cat reason. we have a cat like that. Yes, we do, <laughs> and his name is Porter. We have all beer name cats. Um, but it also well that gets into you know the social media. We're looking back at okay when we left Hopperdos, we had four thousand followers on Twitter. We're not going to restart that account, right. not with the current current ownership and the current atmosphere is there. But we are on Mastodon. We just restarted up our Facebook. We, believe it or not, we have a TikTok account. I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing there, but I'm learning. Um, and a few other things like that. And it's just we're trying to make people have what they want to be able to, to talk about it. But... Again, yeah, we try to talk about positive things. If you had a less than stellar experience, go to Yelp. That's what Yelp's for. <laughs> Is that what Yelp's for? I've been trying to figure that out for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, but we'll talk about this later, but we're thinking about some kind of way of saying that a location is Hopper is approved. Right. And what would that look like? Um, that's, we're not ready to roll that out yet. We're rolling things out bit by bit. Um, and I should mention, I just realized I talk about our new writers, all of our regular contributors are coming back too. And I'm happy to say two of our regular contributors are now published authors. Uh, Jason Rust and John Lavelle have had books published. Uh, and then we also have Chris McGreevy and Jared Whalen. And, uh, yeah, we're just really excited about the group that we've got coming. And we're also not going to... We're looking more at the magazine metaphor than newspaper. Right. So once a week, every Wednesday, we guarantee there'll be a post every Wednesday. There may be some more here and there, but every Wednesday you'll have a post. Yeah, right. And that lets us concentrate on quality and things like that rather than me going crazy trying to find beer events. Trying to crank stuff Right, yeah. The, The beer event, I mean, it would be right around the time COVID hit, I was working on trying to basically mechanize a little bit the right. the events, and it was kind of going in fits and starts. And then COVID came along, mm-hmm. and I realized I didn't have to leave the house anymore. And I liked it. <laughs> now, uh, well, that's a personal thing, but uh, which, by the way, thank you for Party Town and Wooden Cast for delivering. No, oh, absolutely, <laughs> that was the greatest. Uh, still is. Well, I don't think I don't think uh, Woodcast will deliver yes. anymore, but Party Town still does. Yes. Uh, but and that was really it, we, so much of what we were doing before was about events, and again, it went back to our original mission of, you know, you're not going to build a culture if everybody's sitting around in their house. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point, again, it's pretty mature here. And we don't really have to do that. If anything, you know, a lot of people, as you said, there are a lot of people who have no idea who we are, no idea, you know, how, you know, the, the idea of a blog that started in 2009 is just like might as well have been in the 1850s. I mean, yeah. it, it just so, but on the other hand, you know, everybody kind of walks around in life thinking 
everybody else has just a little bit more information than me. And if I ask a question, then somebody's going to think I'm stupid. And that's kind of what we like is I hope people accidentally learn something or that they feel like they can come and read because it's like, I've always wondered about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it, to, to me, anybody who can, who can sit there and read, you know, read something and say, you know, I always kind of wondered about that, then that's a win that for, as far as I'm concerned. And for the most part, I don't know. I'm trying to entertain myself. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go find things that I find interesting. Um, you know, I, for example, one question that has bugged me since I first learned about it at the uh, Ales to the Ages conference over in Williamsburg years ago is that the brewing industry, no, excuse me, the distilling industry adopted the use of the thermometer early on, mm-hmm. but brewers wouldn't. And nobody can explain to me why that is. And I mean, and unfortunately, that may be one of those things that it is lost because people who are serious historians are still saying, not quite sure why that is, but there was something going on. <laughs> but it's a, that's the sort of thing is that people, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that yeast was a mystery. Mm-hmm to people had no idea it wasn't and it was because of beer that it was finally proven that it's alive <laughs> right and and uh you know pasteurization was actually invented for beer uh not for milk not for anything else and, right and, and pin there's one of those little things is like people may half hear something or people may you know, kind of get something or may not know at all and think, wow, there, there is something mm-hmm. to this. And to do it without the pretension, because again, everybody's tastes are going to be different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. I, you know, everybody's learned over the last three years how difficult the world can be. To sit there and tell somebody, oh, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to enjoy that. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Not not into that at all. Enjoy what you're going to enjoy. Exactly. You know what I enjoy? I enjoy taking a quick break to thank the show's sponsor. Uh, you guys know him by now, Manscaped.com. Not only are these guys awesome for sponsoring Cincy Brewcast, uh, it's it's an awesome company. Like they've got a ton of really great stuff. They're famous for men's below the waist grooming, and you you probably know that. You know their funny ads. You know them talking about your jingle balls and things like that. It's it's funny, uh, but this is they actually have great products. I I stand behind it 100%. You've probably heard about the lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer. Um, the weed whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer. Um, all of that stuff is fantastic. Uh, get on the website. They they have other stuff too. That uh, the, the the body buffer, which is the scrubber, so that you don't have to uh, um, to use a nasty germy uh, loofah that's been hanging in your uh, your shower for God knows how long. Um, you can get uh, shower gel. 
It's sulfate-free, vegan. Uh, it's made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Look, they, they got all kinds of stuff. Shampoo and conditioner. It's like a two-in-one shampoo conditioner. Uh, they have deodorant. Oh, just all kinds of really great stuff. So go to the website. Go to manscaped.com and uh, shop away. And uh, good news for you is that if you do that, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GNOME. That's G-N-O-M-E. Uh, Manscaped, you know, where you get your jingle balls ready for the holidays or the new year. The new year. Get your jingle balls ready for the new year. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> One of the things that I've found as uh, as a beer blogger, like it, uh, when I when I started, there were a lot of blogs. There were a lot of people here in Cincinnati that enjoyed talking about beer. Over the years, that's 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 gone away a lot, mm-hmm. and it made it really hard as a as a blogger to 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 be able to have room to kind of stretch out and do, and talk about things that you really want to talk about because you get bogged down in the stuff that oh, yeah. you have to talk about or that you know you you feel like you need to do to, to do this this thing and uh, as as more people get comfortable talking about things or get inspiration from other you know outlets that are doing it it opens this this door for somebody to you, I was talking to somebody the other day that was asking about a beer podcast. They want to start a beer podcast. And they're asking if it was a good idea. And I said, well, of course it's a good idea. You know, I, <laughs> no, it's terrible. You should, you should never think about this. I don't, I don't have enough time to podcast as it is. I, there needs to be more voices of people talking mm-hmm. about stuff. And the more people that talk about it, the more specialized you can get about what you want to talk about. It's like if you could have somebody that had a beer blog and all they talked about was breweries that were on the east side of town mm-hmm. or, you know, if somebody wanted to do the event thing and just talk if about it Somebody just constantly. really wanted to. Like, would be great. Yeah. And, and, and if they really wanted to do that and they want to ask me some questions about some of the issues we were confronting, I would be more than happy. I would love for somebody else to do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. Somebody needs to. I <laughs> so mean, done. I've, I've well, tried I mean, it every once in a I while. Mean, but man, the, that's impossible. Uh, <laughs> well, one of the things I think, you know, part of the reason, part of the reason we're coming back is, you know, cooperatives came out of the great social media outbreak of 2008. Right. Um, and, in fact, I mean, we've we've told the story before that one of the reasons we got started, Michelle Lenz, who's going to be writing for us about wine, she was writing about wine back then, and uh, she would do this she would do this week in wine tastings, mm-hmm. and we asked her one time, "Hey, so where's the what? Where's the version of this around town for beer?" And she's like, "There isn't one. Why don't you do it?" So, yeah. and that's kind of. That was one of the three or four bricks that kind of got us going. And we happened to be at a beer dinner at Rock Bottom, and that's Rock Bottom's where Operatives was born. So we always called Mitch Doherty the godfather of Operatives. But the, the thing is, is that now that we've had, you know, Facebook has been doing a slow implosion for since 2017, and... Twitter, oh my! <laughs> uh, 
But people, of, every platform like seems like it at any minute could implode and tear itself apart. Like that's the thing. Any any social media platform where you're relying on some other large company to give well, you a voice. It's the joy of Mastodon. Yeah. Well, it's. It, I mean, the thing is, though, is that I mean, in another lifetime, I actually used to study media technology, the history of media technologies. Um, the telephone was the first blogging. I mean, it was it actually first. The first podcasts were actually done over the public telephone system. Right. Uh, in fact, oh. Cincinnati was actually fairly well known. They used to do uh, the Cincinnati uh, Symphony used to do concerts. Mm-hmm. You would just pick up your phone and listen, and people thought, "Well, this is what you know. This is what telephones are going to be for." Uh, well, so we can think, go back to papyrus. Yeah. So I mean, you have so all kinds of you know changes that have come along. But I think one thing that the the recent spate of things that have happened is that people start to realize that, hey, if I've got something to say, I, I can't really depend on another platform. Yeah. And so that was part of it is like we've, we've got to, you know, let's, let's bring it back. So and, and one of the things I think, again, the opening that's there for somebody if they want to step in and do it. Facebook turned into a terrible place to advertise beer events yeah. uh, about 2017, 2018. Just horrible. And, uh, oh, I, I love it when brewers just bring <laughs> us beer. It's nice. Ruby. Say, oh. Plum for real. Thank you. Well, thank you, Randy. Thank um, you, Randy. The... Uh, if you haven't figured out where it wouldn't cast. Yeah. Where it wouldn't did we cast. mention that at the beginning? We I don't think met, we did. We have oh, not mentioned terrible. it. We didn't mention what we were drinking. Oh, that's we, terrible. <laughs> See, I, I'm a terrible podcaster. <laughs> There's so much room for people to can come Can we say how this. much we love Randy? Uh, we can. <laughs> Uh, in fact, uh, hold your thoughts about because let's, let's, let's talk about what they're we're drinking mm. uh, because it is a uh, from the beer. There was there was a little sound bite there you just couldn't really hear, it, but that's fine. We'll fix it later. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we're drinking because we are a wooden cask. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of my favorite places to go grab a beer. Yes. Definitely one of the places that is the hardest for me to get to because it's across the universe from where I live. <laughs> Whereas for us, it's. One of the closer ones because we live in northern Kentucky. So, but yeah. every time, every time I get down here, I'm reminded about how much I love what he is doing and uh, talking about evolution of, uh, of of a community or of craft or of all of this. Like it's just it's been fun watching him find his path through all of this too. I'm drinking a uh, sour ale with pho spices in it. Uh, I think that's and I, what this is. I, I mentioned when I sat down that this was one of those beers that I never could have predicted somebody like Randy would brew. I love it. it Which kinda, gets back to when he first got like going, it was pretty much classic British German styles. And I was harping on him how much I miss Yorkshire, his ordinary bitter. True story. Had a student in my intro to craft beer class who was British and was saying he how much he missed British styles. I'm like, Tony, you have to go to Wooden Cast. Yeah. He came over here. He had all the beers. He loved them. He came back, walked into the door of the classroom, and gave me a huge hug. And I'm like, okay, you like the beers. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's... Well, he still he doesn't shy away from it here either. Like he's not afraid to say, "Yeah, this is a, a Scottish stout or a uh, oh yeah." You know, a, a, I can't think of what other styles are up on the board right now. But he, you know, he pays like 
true respect to mm-hmm. some of these styles and what they are and kind of where they fit in this this bigger thing that's happening now. Yeah. Well, while also playing with some of the newer, trendier things, you know, like this this uh, well, sour. That- the next one I want to get is the cold IPA because I haven't had that style yet, so I'm hoping to try that one next. Well, cold that's, Galaxy. That, uh, that, that beer is fantastic. Uh, awesome. The style itself still drives me crazy because I can't, can't get a straight answer from anybody about what it's actually supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, and, and that gets into it. When we were... Tom and I are both um, judges for the U.S. Open events, so both spirits, beer. We've been judging beer for them since 2015, um, seltzers, ciders. And when we were judging beers this summer, we had hazies, and it was like, for the love of God, can I not have another hazy? <laughs> um but things go, things are cyclical. You know, it's like brute IPAs were huge, which I love brute IPAs. They're just. Well, and brute IPAs were one of those things that when they first started popping up, I didn't understand them at all. I couldn't figure out what they were yeah. supposed to be and they were all over the board. And then as that kind of got dialed mm-hmm. in, whether or yeah. not it's a thing that anybody really cares about is different. But, but I, I think I know what it is now. So if I try one, I can, I can, I can well, and things figure go, it out. I w- we were just talking about Tom Brownie passed away uh, yesterday and my first intro to craft beer class, we worked with Moreline and one of the beers we created from, at Moreline was a black IPA that we called Curveball. Mm-hmm. And one of my students, Gary Cates, hello Gary, uh, is a former state senator uh, in Ohio and he contacted the Reds and got Ron Oster and Tom Browning to come to our tapping. And those two loved the beer. In fact, my favorite line was Ron Oster said... I can never hit a curveball. I'm going to hit this one again. <laughs> and then Tom Brownie goes, well, I never had a curveball, but now I've got one in my hand. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and black IPAs, you don't hear about anymore. You know, right. They were all the rage, and now they've kind of gone away. Yeah, and, and I, I think that there are some styles that just kind of, that happens with them, mm-hmm. especially when you kind of when you're leaning into something because of the trendiness around maybe the word IPA or you know whatever it may be, um, but then there's also some styles that you don't see a lot of like because, ordinary bitters. Yeah, yeah, because because of you know <laughs> the Trying other the other end of marketing. Right <laughs> a, yeah, a Bach when it's not Bachfest. Yeah, uh, there. I swear, did I see one the other day? Oh, there was one on tap somewhere. Uh, oh, it's going to drive me crazy now. But they're, they're, you, you do see them, especially here in Cincinnati. That, yeah. we, at least yeah. we have that well, advantage. Well, you're going to find Doppelbox especially, but yeah. you're not going to find a Maybach or a regular Bach unless it's yeah, spring. Yeah. There, man, there was, there, where was I? <laughs> uh, I think that they were doing it almost as like a, like a Christmassy kind of thing. Ooh, that, would be um, cool. that could work. Uh, yeah. I can man, see I can't remember. Yeah. Drives me crazy. I, yeah. my, my brain doesn't work right anymore. Um, it's but, but the holiday fun. <laughs> the 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 idea of you know uh, beer styles and and trendiness and how sometimes things come and go. Sometimes things just never sell, regardless of how delicious they are. It, it, it's it's frustrating as a beer drinker sometimes. It's uh, it's easy for a place like Wooden Cask to to get sucked into that and be like, oh no, we can't we can't sell these you know, traditional styles. They don't make sense. People don't understand them, so we're not going to. Uh, or the flips, well, you know, we need to put more hazies on because that's what everybody's clamoring for. Like, it's so or hard. IPAs, I, even this was happening on Mastodon, and um, 
actually even in, I work at Tier 1 and we have a, a, a Yammer group called Beer One. Uh, and people are talking about, why does everybody have so many IPAs? I want something, you know, multi. I'm like, because everybody comes in and says, what IPAs yeah. do you have? Uh, if you keep ordering the multi ones, you know, they're going to put more multi ones on. I'm, so, I'm trying. It's yeah. not, it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> yeah, well, then find the places that have the multi ones. And here's the one that drives me nuts. And this happened with Tom's cousin down in Houston. Um, we're in Houston. I said, here, try a Shiner Bach. Oh, I don't like heavy beers. They're going to be too much. I'm like, try the Shiner Bach. A, it's not even a Bach. Um, and, but people have this feeling that if it's not a, a light-colored beer, right. it's going to be a heavy beer. And, and that gets back to our definition of what's a better beer, is be willing to try things and understand that if wherever you are, if they have beer on tap, most likely they're going to give you a taste. And if they won't give you a taste, leave. Because that means they're too cheap. And if they're too cheap to give you a taste of their beer, they're probably not cleaning their lines either. (laughs) So go somewhere else. What do you think, uh, if, if there's people that were starting up today that were trying to, um, trying to get into beer blogging or podcasting or mm. trying, to, trying to find their voice in the middle of all this stuff. People that have this passion for this stuff, they, they want to be a part of it. They, they, they don't know how to do it. They don't know if it makes sense to do it. <laughs> what advice would you give people? Because I get a lot of questions and I never know what to tell people. Find your niche. What is your, what do you do that is different than anybody else. It's the same sort of thing I would tell students when I was advising them at Cincinnati State in the brewing program. It's like, what do you provide that is different than anybody else? Um, For Tom and I, when we set up operatives, the sheer fact that Tom came from television, I came from radio, we uh, both had a strong background in writing and knew what good design was like, even though we didn't do it. We hired someone. Thank you, Jen Watson. Um, and But just figure out what can you bring to the conversation that is your unique voice. Don't try to be somebody else. Be yourself. And that's, I mean, it, it took us a long time. We, we threw a lot of stuff up against the wall. We had absolutely no idea what we were getting ourselves into when we started this and that's the first thing people need to sort of accept if they're thinking hey i want to try this whatever picture you have in your mind right now of what you think this is might be like it's not (laughs) because one of the best definitions of blogging again great blogging outbreak of 2007 2008 uh one of the better definitions that I ever heard was uh, John Gruber and Merlin Mann. And it's the, the if there's a, a formula, it's passion plus voice. Yeah. And if you feel like most people who people won't listen to don't get the urge to start writing about things basically if you say hey i want to blog or i want to you know talk about this stuff or i've got something to express you probably 
you sit around talking to a lot of people or there are probably people who look at you and say, yeah, this, this person has something to say. Right. Do that. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that it's, you know, we all, in another lifetime, I used to work for the Astros at the Astrodome uh, when I was like in high school and early college. And we had a joke there is like, it's not just an adventure, it's a job. <laughs> um, and that's, <laughs> that's a lot of times what, you know, doing this is there's, there is drudgery to it. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not every bit uh, fun. And people are not going to throw free stuff at you. Not going to happen. Um, maybe the, it, once upon a time that might have been true, and it's not. And, and if that's what you're really in for, um, I don't know. Stand out on a street corner with a sign because you'll probably get more out <laughs> yeah. of it that way. But um, but the thing is, if you really truly feel like you have something to say, just say it. And if you can only get out once a week, just put out once a week. And yeah. that's that's really kind yeah. of what. For example, I mean, a very concrete example. So for reasons that are too tedious to go into, um, we're not going to use WordPress for this round of operatives. Okay. Um, using a different content management system, uh, which is, requires me to actually write a lot of code, which is what I'm going to be spending the next 11 days doing, writing a lot of code. <laughs> and I was talking to Carla last night, night before, yeah. something like that. And I was like, Man, comments, that is going to be a comment system with all the stuff you have to do to, to kind of lock things down and keep people from spamming you. And stuff. I was like, there's a world of hurt in, in comments, and it's going to take a bit. It's going to be a really big lift to get it done in time for launch. And Carla said the greatest words I've – she said I do. That probably rates ahead. <laughs> but – Oh, it doesn't have to be ready the day we start. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> Thank you. Because this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. And and that is the thing is, and, and that's sort of why I said earlier that one of the things we're trying to do is I want to amuse myself. Mm-hmm. If if I find it interesting, then despite the fact that I now list my job title as cautionary tale, the... Uh, Probably somebody else is going to be interested in that too. Right. Um, and the weirdest things, I, I get nerdy about really weird things. And you were talking about how, you know, being nerdy about it. Nerdy's good, but also the excitement to sit there and say, hey, I want to bore you to death with this, please. You know, and that's, and, and you've just got to be sort of, uh, fearless about that mm-hmm. because some people are just are never going to get it. Yeah. But somebody will. And chances are the people who will, you're going to run into them at the weirdest time. I think the biggest time I ever freaked out was the first time somebody we didn't know walked up to us and said, You're the operatives, aren't you? <laughs> Completely, 
I, I, yeah, to this day, I, it's I still... remember that moment for me. Like I, uh, because when I started, I was very anonymous the way yes, I wrote. You it, were. Was, it was a character, and it was, uh, it was a whole other thing. And even when we started this podcast, you know, you didn't see me in pictures when we posted stuff about the podcast. I was always, you know, off camera when we were live streaming stuff. It was, it was a thing. And I was sitting down, uh, sitting at the bar at Braxton right after they opened up, and uh, was sitting there talking to somebody deep in conversation in this guy that was sitting next to me turned he's like dude this is gonna be weird he's like but are you the gnarly gnome and i <laughs> looked and i said yeah and i'm like how do you know that and he's, he's like i just i heard your voice and like i've been sitting here hearing it in my ear and all of a sudden it clicked that that's yep. you're the gnarly gnome and I'm like, wow like that's that's cool yep. like it's like yeah. you have that like oh man there's like when you're when you're writing a blog or doing a podcast or any of this stuff sometimes it's hard to remember that they're other people on the other end of it you're you're indulging yourself like you said you're 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 right. on there doing this thing because you just enjoy doing it and you forget that there's people on that other end yep. and then when you find out it becomes a drug <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, yeah that's true well it remember really... we were in louisville at cumberland brews i do remember that. and we looked over and there is a woman with one of our tote bags on her arm i was like oh <laughs> It's like, and it didn't even happen in Cincinnati. It happened in Louisville. It was like, oh my god. Yeah, and and there is something about that because again, and the number of people who said back in the day, you know, I would plan my week based on this weekend mm-hmm. beer, and and that's really kind of one of the reasons we're not going to try to bring that back is because. It's not humanly possible to do that. Now. Well, it also like it, it puts this big weight on your shoulders. Then, when you know that there are people that are like, okay, you're going to plan your week because of what I right. let you know is out there, and then you know, four days after I posted, I realized, oh shit, I missed this thing that people should have oh, known that's about. What and kept like, happening. And they kept, kept trying to go, and, oh, they just let me know about this, and yeah. would try to add, and it was just like. It was killing us, and so yeah. Let me ask you about the uh, the archives. So old posts, do they exist? Yes. Okay. Is as long as they're not dated. Okay. So like all the old this weekend beers are gone. Okay. Anything about an event is gone. See, even some of the event stuff, like some of the like, I I remember like there would be times where somebody would ask me about oh, when when was this beer tapped for the first time, and I'd be like oh, I don't, it's not in my nose. Hang on, I know where to go, and I could go on the website <laughs> and I could search and I could find and I'm like oh here it was this you know random Tuesday night that they tapped it and I could find it on there, and I loved that so much. Yeah, it, it was just one of those things. I didn't a it'll still be on the wayback machine. Right. Thank you, Internet Archive. Well, um, beyond that, the database still exists. Yeah, we did. I mean, before we started winnowing it out, uh, winnowing down the production database, it was backed up. So the data still exists, but, you know, it's one of these real balancing acts of what are people... What is the actual value to... What the value. And so, you know, but I... I, I'm an, again enough of a a nerd and a pack rat to the like. There's no way. I mean, there were over twelve thousand posts yeah. in that database, and you know, it just there was just no reason because again, because we're going to a different platform, um, 
we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to be able to retrieve out of a WordPress database right. into a completely different CMS. Uh, and it has to be able to do that on the fly. So doing it to a somewhat smaller database. So Carla's been kind of going through doing editorial decisions about, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that we won't be having anything about events because a lot of times when we were talking about events, then we would go into something else or mm-hmm. there would be enough. And so we've tried to be a little bit, you know, conservative about what we're taking out. But yeah, the This Week in Beer from uh, a random week in 2014. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if somebody really, if somebody's doing a nostalgic thing sometimes, though, where you look back at some of that stuff, like, oh, man, like, look, like this was what that, that week was like. <laughs> and, like, you really do get this, this, this picture that, like. Uh, the ones I, I probably may even put back are when Yingling first came yeah. to Ohio. Yeah. Uh, when. Um, New Belgium first came, well, and we actually nice. had posts that were called "This Week in Yingling" and "This Week in New Belgium." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, and you know, some of the stuff around, you know, back when there was a Cincy Beer Week, yeah, uh, yeah. we would have rest in peace. The uh, so again, the data still exists, and if there's ever, you know, if there's ever a reason to find it it can be done right. but it's you know just sort of as a, a a random thing that's just out there yeah <laughs> i have this i have this side of me that like just loves data and notes and and stuff like that and i think that's that's the side of me that that attaches so well that gets to back to doing so well, if you ever want to know just let <laughs> me i've got send you emails if well, I get the, random questions. the modern history that we want to work in we can create a time you know, a timeline that yeah. you can find when was the first time wooden cast through Reformation, right. when, you know, things like that. So. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of fun things that just, I, I think people forget about, you forget mm-hmm. what, what things were like back then. And, uh, you know, not that it was, not that it was that long ago. Come on, like, this is, really this, we're talking it. about recent history, but like, it feels like a different world when you look back at it. Well, let's put it this way. I always remember we were at a beer event at Moreline Lager House. Mike Carver was then the brewer for Moreline, not Lager House, but just Moreline in right. general when they were on a homebrew system. He walked into the event. He looked at us as like, good God, how many beer events do you go to in a week? <laughs> and we said two. And we did. We limited ourselves to two a week. Now we don't do that many anymore, but we're a lot older than we were then too. So uh, it, a lot of things change. Right. And also too, is again, part of it is we had no idea what we were getting into back then. Mm-hmm. In some ways, we're, it's cut as much of a mystery now because again, what we leaned on was this week in beer, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not going to have that. And so, I mean, one of the things you know, we're not you know, we're not going to try to claim that we're going to have a post today. We definitely, mm-hmm. in fact, I can assure you, we will not have a post today. We will guarantee there will be one every Wednesday. There'll be one every Wednesday. Beyond that, it's gravy. Uh, just depends on you know what our contributors are doing. Yeah, and because like. Uh, Jared and Chris are big members of the Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Society uh, Guild, so they may do something on homebrewing. And, right. You know, yeah, we've got. That's why we made sure that we've got writers that can cover a wide range of topics. 
I think it's fun. I, I can't wait. Um, bigger picture stuff, if you look at Cincinnati's craft beer scene today, what are some of the things that you guys get excited about now that maybe uh, has changed since Operatives was was young? Uh, or what are some of the things that I think maybe you, you, you don't get as excited about now that have changed? One thing I miss that has really gone away, and I think because of COVID, is beer dinners oh yeah um which again because hopperdives was born at a beer dinner at rock bottom and i remember talk about another something that's gone um lisa farmer who's the local rep for great lakes did an amazing beer dinner at tellers i remember that vividly um but they also kind of got priced out of range um, and so how that works, I've always, we wanted to, uh, and maybe we'll find some way to do this. We wanted to borrow, okay, steal an idea from Eddie Anderson, who was the Goose Island rep when we started. He used to do these beer, wine, cheese throwdowns where you'd have four different types of cheese. You pair a beer and a wine with each of them. And the people attending would decide which paired best, the beer or the wine. Right. Um, and that, I think, would be something lower cost. It would be educating people. Well, one of the last Cincinnati Beer Week events we went to was here at Wedding Cask, and it was one of the best. Uh, Randy brewed the same beer, but added the hops at different times. That's the, cool. It was so amazing That's to cool. taste them. It was and really it's like, interesting. That was really, you know, Tom and I were on the Beer Week committee from the very start. And that's what we really wanted. We didn't want, hey, it's a dollar off pints kind of thing. We wanted more beer education like that. And that's what I'm hoping maybe we can get back to that. Now right. that, you know, we're, we're not done with COVID. We're still dealing with COVID. We live in a new world. But we need to think about how can we educate people more? Um, it's one of those things. It's like I always remember that when we interviewed Jim Cook way back when. I guess it was 2009. And he was talking about what, you know, where Sam Adams was at that time. Right. And he said, and it was like, what, 0.9 of 1% compared to everybody else. And it's like, and he was still, you know, he's still considered one of the big guys. Yeah. And we have to remember that is that, again, this gets back to, we're not believers in craft beer. We're believers in better beer. And what can we do to help people understand what makes a beer better? Right. Um, and especially, we live in a town that has such a strong German background. I love going to Germania Society and getting Bitburger on draft. And lots of really great German lagers because nothing against all the dessert stouts that are out there, but there's a lot to hide behind in those. Sure. When you do a, a German Pilsner, you have to do it right because any off step you're going to taste. Always right. the first thing I try at a new brewery is if they do if they do a Pilsner, that's what I'm going to try first. Yeah. Just it's always because. one of the things I try on my first visit. Sometimes yes. I don't get it first out of fear. Yes. <laughs> that it will ruin my experience. <laughs> yeah. The, um, but to kind of turn to your question about what 
what we, you know, at least what I'm seeing that I like is when we started Hopperdives, scale was a real balancing act. You had to be big enough to make money, but not get too big and overextend yourself, which, right. you know, a few people did early on. Now, because of the saturation, you know, how, how many breweries we have now, somebody, I mean, Fibonacci was such a pioneer mm-hmm. yeah. in doing the nano brewery. At that time, it was a huge risk. It, it's, how it's they still to a lot of people is like people still don't believe that it can be successful. When I talk to them, and I'm like, no, like Whereas, go there and see what they're doing, and you'll you'll see yeah. what it is. The and, neighborhood bar, like you were talking about in the Brink show, it's like we would kill for a neighborhood brewery in Burlington uh, because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. By the way, if anybody's thinking about starting a brewery, <laughs> can we recommend Burlington, we Kentucky? Burlington, to you? Kentucky, possibly Hebron, but I think I, Burlington would really—I don't know. There's just something about Burlington that I just think the fact it's not incorporated. Living, yes, not incorporated. Uh, the county seat, a lot of a lot of very friendly people out there. Uh, yeah, I would, but as far as you know it's probably the most underserved now and i mean because hey shout out to braxton coming home um you know shout out they you know coming back in their building just off braxton drive yeah uh that you know that's great news i mean that's great news for us i mean because so far uh you know we've got the uh We've got Party Town, uh, the uh, Mash Cult, Mash Cult. Um, but realistically, the next closest brewery we have is uh, uh, Braxton's uh, Barrel House, Barrel yeah. House yeah. which is which we do go to a lot. Which we do go to a lot, and it's very nice, and I'm glad it's there, and we'll continue to go there even after the one opens in Union. But hey, I'm really happy there's going to open one in Union. <laughs> I just, you know, I, you know, when, uh, you know, I live in Fairfield, so, you know, even, even with swine in Fairfield, mm-hmm. like it's still like, it's still like 15, 20 minutes to get anywhere yeah. to get to a brewery. And like, it, it just, it seems so crazy to me that there are still so many pockets like that, that it's like people that, that still want a brewery that don't have one. Yeah. And, and then people talk about there being some kind of a, well, a I remember Julia Hurst who used to be with the Brewers Association now with the American Homebrewers Association did a talk at, Oh, I believe it was the first beer marketing conference saying that 80% of people live within 10 miles of a brewery. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but- yeah, but uh, but the the fact is is that somebody who wants to start a brewery, or somebody you know that that's their passion and that, you know, and it's a hard it's a hard climb, and mm-hmm. I I think that's one of the things that people understand now is that you know just because you open it doesn't necessarily mean people are going to come. You've right. got to have a product. You've got to have. Um, they have a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's even a, the product. You can make a great beer. And yeah. You still. And, uh, yeah. Blank slate. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and 
but the fact is that if you go in and you sit there and say, we want to be a really successful neighborhood brewery, you can actually do that. Yep. And in fact, I would actually probably put your chances of success mm-hmm. greater than if you were to come out and say, we want to be a big regional. Yeah. Because um, good luck with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Regional or national, that ship has sailed. It, um, I think people look at Rheingeist in town and, and have that watched kind of that journey and think that, well, if they did it, we can do it too. And, no, and because don't, they didn't. don't understand. It's not 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But and even that, like, uh, you know, they weren't the only brewery that opened in 2014. No. The other ones didn't. It's a, it's a flash in the pan. It's a, it's a, it's an yeah. anomaly. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's a, to, to be a we're big, lucky to have that here in Cincinnati. The fact oh, that, yeah. the fact that, two of our big regional breweries open so close together mm-hmm. is a historical oddity and also credit to the people that run it and yeah. the people who work there. A lot of the credit goes to that. Yeah. Um, well, it's like when I tell people that we have the same Adams tap room, they're like, what? Yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. Why Cincinnati? I'm like, I know they're called Boston beer, but Jim cooks from yes. here. Yeah. And, I, and that's also one of the things is that, now that the, you know, when we started, there was this huge macro, you know, craft. And, you know, the joke was always the definition of craft beer is always uh, a million barrels more than whatever Boston beer is making this year. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's still maybe true. I'm not quite it's, sure I, where I that is. I think Yingling stands. is the better example now. Yingling seems to be the one, one of the they, two. They, yeah. they kind of hold that, that line right at. And that's at the Brewers Association's well, definition. For, no, actually, though, his, here's one of those weird oddities. For a long time, Yingling couldn't join because they were right. they were using adjuncts. And, right. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> and, Aye, they, and look where we've ended up. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, Yankling was originally not considered right. craft, which is really weird because when I lived in Philly, uh, Yankling is what kept me alive. Uh, that and Saranac. Because <laughs> you had to buy them at a, Pennsylvania in those days. You had to buy a case Speaking of beer. Of weird dime. legal issues. Gen- yes. Genesee it was probably another one of those regional yeah. ones that kind of. And, yeah, and to Genesee me, like, was more Western New York. Uh, it didn't really get down to Philly that much. It, it, that, that goes into a big conversation about what craft is that we definitely uh, don't have time for. No. But, no. Uh, another, but, another, another, another show. But that idea of you know craft being about the process and the ingredients mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, which is still important, but I think that uh, that has definitely shifted over time and people right. kind of mm-hmm. understand a different vision of what well, craft yeah. is. And, and again, I mean, you look at the, the sales that have happened as some of the original founders mm-hmm. have decided and the, and the thing is, is they've decided they want to do right by the employees who they've worked with for years. Right. And so mm-hmm. they, you know, so New Belgium and Bells. Bells, yeah. And yeah Bells was a hard one to... Well, it's you know funny. Part of the reason why we decided to bring Hobbitus back is we were up in Kalamazoo. Um, I've taken over, actually Tom and I have taken over the U.S. Open College Beer Championship in... Right. The 2022 uh, winner, grand champion, was uh, Kalamazoo Valley Community College. So we needed to take their plaque up to them. Oh, darn, I have to go spend a weekend in Kalamazoo. <laughs> um, and so we're sitting around talking to Aaron Ross, who's the head of the program there. And it was just 
doing like beer geeks do, sitting around and talking beer and like, oh, remember this and what about this? And 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 it was just like, it's like, oh, I miss this. Yeah. I miss this so much. And we got talking about, you know, he obviously is very familiar with Larry and I'm very familiar because he's a fellow, fellow Cubs fan. And... And we talk, talking about, you know, it, it's kind of like Ryan Guy setting up the ESOP and all these different things. It's interesting to see how different breweries look at what they're doing and the different breweries now that are making sure that their employees have health care and yeah. what they need. And it's changing. It's definitely, it always made me cringe where people would go up to brewers and said, what do you need? I'll help you for free or I'll help you for beer. I'm like, don't say that. It's a job. You need to be paid. Right. And trying to get that through to people, I think that's changed, I hope. Um, and people are realizing that it is a worthy enterprise that, right. you know, yeah. Still don't get paid as much as they should at a lot of these well, places. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's true of teachers and a lot of other folks. So yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Uh, I am super super excited to watch how this comes together in the next uh, the next coming months. And I will say, when we were talking about bringing this together again, we were sitting at Bill's Eccentric Cafe. We were talking about okay, we're going to do this. I'm like, you should tell the gnome first. <laughs> I yeah, would, we, I would have heard one way. Or I probably well, would have. I would have probably noticed the little thing you put on the bottom of the website. Uh, I would have noticed. <laughs> you did that notice that, oh, did I, you? Oh, I, you? I always go that. back to the website. Like, is, there, is there anything here yet? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> and we have the countdown on there now. So yes, I love it. I, uh, you guys, obviously were an inspiration when I started this. Uh, I'm excited to have you back as an inspiration going forward. As uh, as it keeps pushing me to do things differently and uh, and to keep doing more of it. Yay. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I, this community just gets better and better and better. And I hope that everybody kind of sees that and feels that. And uh, uh, man, it's going to be cool to see new beer drinkers uh, kind of <laughs> rediscover operatives and uh, yep. uh, the same way that we did when, when we were starting. So uh, thank you guys. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Uh, com guys. Go, go there. Um, and uh Cheers and so here's some better beer. Whatever social media you can find, go there and <laughs> Just follow on there <laughs> You guys know that there's always an open spot on this podcast anytime you want to sit down and talk about stuff. And, uh, uh, it wouldn't wouldn't exist without you guys. So thank you, thank you. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs>